All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Above the Fog. Uh, I think this is episode 27. Uh, we have a great, great show uh, or podcast or whatever we call it tonight. It is December 4th, 2022. It's 9 p.m., a little after 9 p.m. Uh, and we have uh, two guests, Max Cam. And uh, do you want to go T.R. Parker? or uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tr Parker and uh, his wife may join us, may not, uh, and, and Jocelyn Parker. Um, let's see. So they completed the California International Marathon. Started this morning, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go th- go through it. Um, I've done the race uh, in 2019 uh, and 2021. I had my uh, marathon pr so i have some really good memories of the race um let's uh let's start with max and his uh his lead up for the race and 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 how it went um my lead up for the race i would say is not it's probably something you don't normally do but it was kind of fun to try anyway to kind of test my limits. Um, yeah, so last week, pretty much the Saturday, yeah, Saturday after Thanksgiving, I ran the Claude Dipsy. And then after that, pretty much like did some light running throughout the week leading up to CIM as my legs were pretty much like trashed. They didn't like get, they didn't feel like fresh until maybe like Thursday. So it was a lot of like forced rest and recovery to try to even like think about doing a full marathon on, yeah, on today. So that was kind of the lead up to that. And then um yeah um uh, i think the i guess the only other extra so, thing... so max how many how many of these uh well how many marathons have you done like road race marathons and road how many cims have you done this is my first cim oh I've really been, okay or, yeah yeah i've always been kind of turned off turned away by it from like other people that have done it just because like they've said like oh it's super boring like the scenery super boring you run through these like <laughs> malls and like sub- the suburbs and there's really nothing to see the roads are like super straight that's true that's true so, yeah. which is kind of true yeah it really gives you a big mental block to go through so and plus it's also like the latest kind of the latest race in the year so like by this time people are already like getting ready for holiday season and uh, resting and whatnot so it wasn't really yeah, like for a while it, it's it's surprising there's so cim has about 70 500 people i might be off of by a couple hundred and I think there's that nine thousand people started today Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. last time I did it was 7500, but yeah, people fly from all over the country to do CIM. 
because it's yeah. a Boston. It's a real a lot of Boston qualifying times. It's CIM. Yeah, they they touted as I think it was like the best race to qualify for Boston. Um, it's pretty similar to Boston, I would say, in terms of how the route is in terms of like the altitude. The log- yeah, the, the logistics altitude. are yeah, it's point to point. It's relatively flat. Similar, if not, I would say better, better or equal. I would say like I think Boston has like just school buses pick you up and sh- shuttle you to the start. Um, I don't know how it was in past years for you, but today, like, at least, like, two-thirds of the buses were, like, charter buses. So it was a little bit more comfortable. I have a question on the on the logistics for the buses, because 2019 was pretty well organized, getting on mm-hmm. the buses. And, like, if you're like me, you're really nervous, and you're, like, you have, you're expending all this extra energy because you're nervous before the race. Like you're not sleeping well, <laughs> like well I'm not sleeping well, and then um, if, <laughs> and th- and then like you're up at like 4 a.m. like you said, and then and then you're you're trying to get on a bus and I and this was 2021 which actually went well for me, with last year, but I remember they didn't have any sort of corralling for people or queue for the buses, mm-hmm. and. It, it was like kind of like New York was. They just had thousands of people kind of jumping on buses. Okay. So I think this year they kind of improved on that. Um, there was like some sort of line, but the it was really smooth. Like people got on buses immediately and they were shipped out immediately. Like you could literally just jump into the middle of the line and join whoever was in the line and you would get no on problem. the bus. Yeah. And I, I, I got to the finish line kind of, I guess, kind of late-ish, like 5.20 or 5.30 in the morning, and got on the bus by, like, 5.50. And that's right by the Folsom prison, right? You, like, isn't it, don't you drive right by the prison? I think so, a bunch of barbed wire fences. I remember that. It was dark, so I didn't really see. And plus, I was asleep for the bus ride, so I didn't really know. But, yeah, like... It was like a 40-minute bus ride out to the start, um, and they did a really good job with, like, telling you where to go and like what to do. Like, as soon as you got off the bus, it was like, okay, you go, just follow, um, or, like, follow, like, everybody else, like, towards, like, where the start would be. Like, they told you, like, which direction to go, and, like, once you got past the buses, like, what you would see and, like, what to expect. So, I think they did a really good job with that. And plus, they let you, like, sit in the buses, too, if you wanted to stay warm. But mm-hmm. it was actually not too bad this morning. Yeah, what was the temperature at start? I want to say, like, high 40s. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I brought some layers um, just in case, but I actually didn't spend too much time because, I mean, got to the start at, like, 6... 30-ish race was going to start at seven so and I spent maybe like half of that time walking from the bus to where the start corrals were yeah I think it's I think it's a good size marathon like road race it's not too big and well it has to be a pretty good size to make it worthwhile for like a you know big city race 
So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's like it's like a sweet spot, you know. Like I just did New York and it was ridiculous. It was just it's just too like much. This is yeah, it was forty seven thousand people, and it's like sensory overload. I felt like I was running in like a Las Vegas uh, casino or something, with like horns yeah. blaring and and like that's fun every couple miles, like with some music, but the the entire time. So yeah, but so TR, how did yeah. you? Uh, get to the start oh you're on mute yep um yeah so um we um decided this year because i live in elk grove now which is um pretty close to Folsom. my wife is just joining us um and uh jocelyn ran her first marathon today at cim congratulations congratulations. awesome that's really cool stayed strong and stayed even and kind of did just about what we were kind of thinking um but yeah we, we decided to this year um get dropped off so her dad dropped us off at the shuttle so it's a little bit different than the buses because the shuttles even though they were like school buses they're smaller and you can't stay on um and uh so her dad drove us up we actually stopped at a gas station to use the bathroom um so we didn't have to you know, we had a little extra time, so we didn't have so we could stay. It was sprinkling a little bit at that point. Luckily, the rain really stayed off, but um, we used the bathroom and uh, and then we there was a little bit of traffic jam trying to get to the drop off point, which kind of like scared us a little bit and like made me nervous because I'm like, oh, man, we're, I hope we don't miss we're stuck in traffic. <laughs> Maybe they should just let us out and we should walk. But um, but it, once we got there, it was fine. We got right on the shuttle and it just like it was like five minutes down and they took us to the start area um walked down to porta johns used it one more time and tossed our layers in the you know and got in our corrals and it was it was it was no problem a friend of ours in our neighborhood was also running and he went with us and so it was no problem it was it was a pretty smooth process so so tr how many marathons have you done and was this, this your my, first cim or this is my second cim um okay so um, I had a really disappointing day today, but um, I, I ran 247 at CIM in, in 2016. Um, wow. That was six years ago. So a lot has changed in that time. Because at that time I've turned 40. Um, I've had two kids. Um, and, and I think maybe uh, things have just kind of changed. So I was kind of <laughs> looking at this marathon as sort of a, a comeback um and uh it you know the wheels just the the legs just kind of weren't there um i was i was kind of on pace for somewhere under three hours for uh 18 19 miles and right about 20 is when this thing which is usually when it does but the legs just weren't under me i felt fine aerobically but the legs just weren't under me um Mm -hmm. so um but yeah and this was so my I, yeah, yeah i was i was texting uh tim wallen hey tim if you're listening uh and i was following uh all all of you guys so i was following the people i was following i was following ian Sharman, who's like an ultra legend yeah uh, he's he's 42 yeah. years old and he's just incredible he's done like 120 road marathons and like he's one he's been top 10 western states like he's he's like amazing uh, i was following max uh i was following jocelyn um and tr oh and and then the top people 
I want to say the Futsen Zinalasia at 211 and and Paige Stoner was 226. Those were the winners. Yeah, women's so course like, record today. Mm-hmm. Was that was it the record? Wow. Women's course record today. Yeah. Yeah, that was a 535 mile for mm-hmm. for the females. Yeah. <laughs> um. So 18. I and then I I looked at your Strava and the, actually I had some statistics here which were really interesting. So like mileage to date. Max, and I don't know if you do everything on Strava, you're right around 1900, and so is TR. It's like 1984, and I don't know if that's accurate. I didn't like look at a bunch of workouts. So like, it looks like you had a good base, TR. It looks like you had a lot of miles in. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think, so I, I have a theory about maybe what happened, like, um, this was so last year was the year my my son was born he was our second and it was the the first year in a while that i didn't have 2000 miles in 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 a year so this year one of my new year's resolutions was to have 2000 miles um i wasn't on track for that until the second half of the year and i started the cim cycle um i was trying to kind of like slowly come back and do it with like you know two toddlers in the house and working full time mm-hmm. and all of that we did a plan. So, you know, Shalane Flanagan, you guys both know who she is. Oh my gosh. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So Legend. She, yeah. she writes these cookbooks. She has this cookbook series. Um, uh-huh. I've heard of one that. One of them is called Run Fast, Eat Slow. The other one is called Run Fast, Cook Fast, Eat Slow. And then there's Rise and Run. The Rise and Run is like a breakfast cookbook. They have muffins okay. and stuff. And there's a training plan in there. And so Jocelyn and I already had all the cookbooks and we decided to follow that plan. Um, and I followed that plan, and so my mileage was a little bit slower. I'm. Oh, we got to cut out here. Uh-oh. Um, I lost your TR. Probably have. I bet I hear Max, so it's probably something on his internet. Uh-oh. Can you, is, can you hear now, me now? You, I, yeah, we lost you for like 15 seconds. Oh, so I'm if sorry you could just that. go back a little. It was just some internet thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so, um, yeah, we followed this plan in the cookbooks. And so my mileage was in the sixties. Um, and I was doing my easy run slower, but I was really doing a workout every, every, you know, Tuesday and Thursday. And my workouts felt pretty strong. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, and then I ran a 5k on Thanksgiving and, uh, I was back in the 17s, although the course was short, the course was also really hilly. And I haven't been back in the 17s. I haven't, in, I haven't run a 5K in the 17s in a couple of years. So I was like, okay, the training's paying off. The fitness is there. Hopefully this is an indicator that, you know, I can hold up in the marathon. And, uh, and it just, uh, I think, and then I did, and then, but then in the training plan, there was a Tuesday workout, taper week, which was weird. It was a short workout, but there was still a workout. So I don't know, maybe my legs weren't fresh. I I felt like I was on pace early on, but I was noticing that my quads were just starting to hurt very early in the race. And so I was starting to, to, to kind of feel, feel it. Um, and maybe it was a lack of hills too. Like we live in Elk Grove and it's really flat. I When I lived in Marin, funny, I ran it in 2016 and I lived in Marin at the time. And I was doing like, 
SFRC Saturday run and all the climbing that you do, you know, in the headlands and, and, you know, the lakes trails and stuff. And then, and, you know, and then now just training mainly on flats, I think I felt the hills more today. And maybe it just wasn't, my legs weren't ready for the, I mean, they're not, it's not a hilly course, but it's, there's rollers in the beginning and I just could feel them and all the downhill and yeah, the legs just weren't under me for some reason. Oh. How about um, fuel? Did you, um, did you have like a fuel plan and, and did you follow it? Yeah. So part of the, part of the, part of the plan was to make the muffins in the, they're called race day muffins. There's Shalane Flanagan's recipe. They've got like uh-huh. sweet potato and peanut butter and they're pretty oats and they're, they're pretty healthy and it kind of gives you a lot of carbs and some protein and some just good, healthy, natural stuff. So I had three of those muffins before the race. We were drinking noon um, and I carried a bottle of noon and kind of finished it by about mile nine. I took four gels, uh, four goos throughout the race. I didn't take any of the goos they offered. I just had them in my pocket. Um, I didn't feel like I ran out of fuel. I didn't feel like I ran out aerobically. I just feel like the legs, you know, just the legs muscular just wasn't, they weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I hit the wall to make you, you know, we're, we're, we're in company here. I hit the wall hard in New York. This is, uh, what is this early November? And I was done. I had, I had like a heart rate that was way too high. And so I, I called it like at mile 10 because it was it was really hot. I was just overheating. Yeah, just, I, I couldn't I couldn't uh, get rid of the heat. And um, yeah, so, yeah, 10 mile 10 is, is it was tough. And then I and then I was just jogging it after that. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, similar thing. But I, and at one point I was like, man, I'm just going to walk. But I, I never walked. I kept putting one foot in front of the in front of the other it was really disappointing to see the like the three-hour group which cim is that boston qualifier so that three-hour group was like mm-hmm. crowded you know and i was feeling just irritated and annoyed by it all today whereas in 2016 when i ran like i look back at those splits and i'm like how did i run that i was having a fun day and just out there free and easy and having fun uh tim was there that day uh today i just felt like the correct the 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 groups were it was it was everybody was like cutting you off and oh yeah i stay away from the three-hour group it's just it's it's um you know what bothers me with the three-hour group no but it's not anything that someone's doing it's the sound there's like 200 people and like like, something with the feet and the 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 way the feet land and there's like 200 people so either you get way out ahead of them or you just let them go by you, but I wasn't gonna run in that group because it's yeah. just too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. race when you're trying to run with the pace groups because you're trying not to trip over people's feet, and yeah, I pretty much just avoided that today. Like I didn't even, I I think I was trying to find the three-hour pace group, but I just ended up not finding anybody at all. And you, just you were you were out there, Max. You were five minutes ahead of the three-hour pace group yeah i tried to uh stay ahead of them as much as i could um and the course was really i guess pretty conducive for that like the roads were pretty wide at least like compared to boston for most of it 
I mean, there are some sections where it's like a two lane road, but a lot of it is like a giant street, like five lanes in each direction. And you you get like two or three traffic lanes to yourselves. And so you can really spread out really well. And actually, yeah, that's, back. that's really nice about the course. I think that's yeah. So, I didn't so, feel that so much back back in, you know, econo class where I was. Um, like, I felt crowded almost the entire time. Like, finishing around that where I was, like, it felt... The 3.30. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt mm-hmm. really crowded the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that you say that, Max, because I, at mile 10, I was like, okay, I'm done with this three-hour group. I'm going to go ahead. And I, I was ahead of them kind of on 257, 256 pace for they swallowed me back up around mile 18, 19. Um, but once I got ahead of that group, the road kind of opened up for me. And for a few miles there, it was actually a little nicer. So mm-hmm. I think getting out ahead of, you know, that group is a key thing because it was just this everybody's trying to go sub three everybody's trying to work with that group and it's just these the pounding hooves that you know it's challenging to get your your aid it just didn't feel good to me the three hour hooves (laughs) yeah it just didn't feel good to me today and you know it's so so jocelyn how did you tell us about your race because i looked at your splits and it was i mean that's how you run a race it was nice and even like across i mean within I want to say 10 or 15 seconds for the, the whole race? Oh, um, well, I have nothing to compare it to as it's my first, but I, I guess I just kind of, I went out and like, I knew, I knew around 3.30, like eight minute pace is like what kind of my plan was. Um, and it, it felt kind of like with TR, like my legs felt heavy, but it was like doable. It was like eight minute pace doesn't feel fresh, but it's like, I can do this. So I'm just going to stick with it. And then I remember um, CIM had this like course review video that I watched and they said that like, don't fight the uphills, like don't try to keep an exact pace the whole time, Um, which is funny because mathematically that worked out for me, but I like went easier on the uphills and then a little bit more on the downhills. And it, I feel like that really worked um, for me. Um, but yeah, I just kind of went out and. Um, That's a really doing, great but. start to a marathon. Like, so I did a marathon a long time ago, and actually I was going over all my marathons and putting them on a chart, and I couldn't find my first marathon because it was like a long time ago. So, anyway, but my time, my splits were terrible. Like when I first started doing marathons, and I it wasn't until recently, like 2019, where I was like trying to do the even splits. Cause that, that makes a lot of sense, but that's um, impressive. You did a great job <laughs> as a first marathon because yeah. most people, their first marathon is, t- I mean, they're just doing it to finish and uh, you, you fall apart. Um, go out too I, fast. Yeah. You go out too fast. Mile 18, 20, you just suffer and you really <laughs> go a lot slower. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was I was grateful to not suffer. <laughs> that was, <laughs> you know. But right right after I crossed the finish line, my I was like, the legs kind of like really gave out then, you know. So, but made it across that finish line. So, so so what about post race? Like, 
so you have to like start to think about this more like into your 40s like i'm 44 um what do you guys do for post race like what's your plan for like i'd say the next couple days uh, so diet obviously sleep is there anything special like max do you do anything massage like what, what's the to try to recover quickly um drink lots of water try not to drink beer <laughs> although for me today i had two beers because like this was the last race of the year for me so wanted to celebrate a little bit um but yeah stay hydrated get um yeah foam roll your legs out maybe like do some light walking if you can or something to like keep the blood flowing because right now like right now it's been what not 10 oh geez yeah almost like 12 hours 12 Jeez, oh okay hold on 10 hours yeah, after huge I'm, yeah. I'm sorry max i just That's i just funny. i should have said this at the very beginning max got into western states everybody oh congrats yeah. max yeah it's huge uh that was yeah. yesterday morning yeah yesterday saturday so today was kind of like riding on that energy that's so awesome i'm really yeah. happy for you and uh how many years did it take you to get it sorry to uh, switch the subject so 16 tickets wow that's yeah. that's amazing that's that's really cool and uh john Bertan's on the wait list he's uh, 53 on the wait list yep so that's hope he gets in. He he'll probably get in. I think the wait list goes pretty quickly. So yeah, I uh, I'm not good at the post. I I know what I should do, but then I drink a bunch of beer and eat a bunch of garbage food because it's like I finished you know the race. Yeah, garbage food. <laughs> you just did. A you need those calories back. Um, mate. But then like maybe like the days following is probably when you want to go back to like healthy eating and um just try to like move around i guess I i'll see what happens tomorrow like right now i don't feel very sore and it's only been like 11 hours after i finished like i was able to like walk around pretty easily after the race um stairs are so far not a problem but we'll see what happens tomorrow um well you you is that your best quad last week was that was a very good quad it was top that, 10 that was yeah that was my best one yet that was uh impressive like you did great really really good quad so i could tell you were just in great shape and good form looked like you bounced back pretty fast i think the uh, strength training i do is really helping I'm, i've been i've started to like add some more weight resistance to it and i think it's paying dividends yeah i haven't run uh, this fast of a marathon since 2019 i want to say so so what um what are fast marathons that you've done max and, and where is this in that like uh how do you rank it this is today's was probably my third fastest marathon the fastest one I ran was uh, San Diego in 2019. 
around a two, just under 252. And then Boston, what is this, 2017, I ran, also ran a 255, but a few seconds faster. I don't, they don't, they don't send you the certificate. <laughs> You can print them out from the website. I could, but it's not the same as getting it in the mail. My my New Year's resolution is to take because I have a box of a bunch of stuff. I just I have like tons of stuff in a box, and I was, there's a wall in the garage, and I just want to put it up somewhere, you know, because it's a lot of work to do these things. So. Yeah, hang up all your medals, show show off all those accomplishments. Yeah, strength training, that's, you're right, Max. I think that was a year ago. I was doing some Zwift and some, you know, extra strength training. And lately I've just been running. I haven't done anything else but run. So mm-hmm. you got to you gotta mix it up. I yeah. think you're right. And older too, like, you start to lose muscle really quickly. So you, it's really important to, like, get some resistance training in like even just to maintain like right now i'm at the point of like okay i'm kind of at the edge of i'm just maintaining but i i'm starting to build some more strength but before that it was just like all maintenance like just trying to stay where i'm where i am right now and yeah it's harder when you get older like it's to keep that Especially if you're still eating the same amount and not doing anything, that doesn't really help. So things that you would change, um, I guess, in the lead up or or in the race itself. Anybody? I I would obviously there's definitely some things I would have changed because it didn't have my best day. But I think I would have not done the speed workout on Tuesday. I would have just ran easy um, to kind of get maybe hopefully have fresher legs. I also wore a long sleeve shirt because uh, I thought it was going to rain. And um, I I kept getting splashed on. I probably would have gone singlet. It, it, the sun came out. I felt warm and it's at times drenched. Um, just kind of simplify things. Um, and I would have gone with different shoes. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just making maybe I'm just making excuses, but I wore. Um, so I had a pair of the Saucony Endorphin Pro, but they they were like the V1, and I I only had like I raced 5K in them, did one workout in them, and I also have the Speeds Speed Twos, and the Speed Twos just feel a lot cushier, and the the Pros have that carbon plate, but they they were just I just I just was feeling the road, and maybe I'm imagining that because my muscles weren't hanging in there, but like. Yeah, I, I I felt like I needed it like a little bit softer. And 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 I I've tried to train on as much sort of gravel or trail path as I can just to like avoid pounding the pavement too much as I as I get older, you know. And so I don't know, today I felt like it was just pounding my legs. Um so maybe some different those those are those are a couple of changes I would have yeah, made. Yeah, the the foam volume I, I just learned this like a month ago of uh, Chad's listening. Hey, Chad, uh, Chad, uh, my buddy showed me like on the Hoka's it's like the cubic centimeters or something. It's the volume of foam in the, the sole. 
and like every shoe has like a certain number certain volume and like there's a lot of science to it but really it's pretty simple you have more volume you have more cushion and um yeah some of these i i did the same thing um i bought this was this was for last year but i decided not to wear i got these really lightweight hokas they're they're more for like 5k 10k and they have a carbon plate in them i forget the name but i i ran like seven miles in them what are they tectins is that it uh, yeah they're they're not the big there's there's one that's a marathon carbon hoka but it was a really lightweight like racing flat uh i was beat up after seven miles and i was like uh no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do a marathon in these so maybe that could could be part of it uh tr i don't know this is uh it's good stuff i uh was yeah. following you guys and and I mean, about the shoes, I mean, this is my, fr- I don't know, I'd be curious to know what you wore, Max, today, but like, this was my, this has been my first sort of, I've been a late adopter when it comes to carbon plated shoes. I, I, I actually miss the days of, um, like, just when it didn't exist, uh, because I I've, I've felt like it's sort of given people false BBs and this unfair advantage and in my last marathon, which was almost three years ago, I ran Napa. I ran, uh, I was, I had just turned 40. Um, and it was right before the pandemic It was March 1st of 2020. Um, and I wore, I wore a pair of Adidas Adios, which is one of my favorite all time shoes pre carbon plate Adidas Adios threes. And they just had the, the boost foam and I loved them. They were, you know, and, uh, and I remember everybody else had like a pair of vapor flies or whatever. And I kind of resented it. Cause like all these, like, I'm just there with my, my, my adios boost. Um, but I ran 254 that day. Um, but so I was, I've been a late adopter, but I really like how the Sauconies fit and they've performed well in workouts, but I had more experience with the speeds and I just decided to go for the pros last minute. And I don't know, maybe that is, that shoe is designed a little bit more for a shorter distance or something. Um, I, Max, I'd be curious what your experience w- is with carbon plated shoes and if you've gone in that direction. Um, I want to say Zoot had a car. I don't know if it was like a really real carbon plated shoe, but they did have a shoe that was that had some carbon in it but this was like in 2012 or 13 this was for triathlon this is a triathlon shoe and i wore that for my first marathon in san francisco 2015 and my feet were completely trashed after that like it didn't have any cushion at all because like it was just the triathlon shoe but since then i've i've just gone with like what's comfortable and like what my feet can handle. And so today I wore a pair that I just got recently. Um, they're the uh, Ultra Torin Sixes. So a little bit cushier, a little bit more comfortable. Um, I really wanted to like try running road on, with Ultras because like it it gives me like more room with feet with my feet and toes and everything. And yeah, but for the most part, it worked out pretty well today. Like it was super comfortable. My feet weren't too trashed. And 
Yeah, it was it was great. I think I was so without, a marathon. Without going into another whole like uh, podcast or or talk like, and Tr touched on this. There is this whole you know carbon world, and I I think about you know we're doing these long runs. We have a lot of time to think on our long runs. I think about it all the time. Like, and we're just racing ourselves, right? So we're 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 looking at a time we did, and we're like trying to better ourselves. At least for me, that's what I'm doing. And I'm just just racing myself, so I'm just racing the last marathon I did. So if I get this fancy Vaporfly that's totally tricked out and has a special plate, um, is it the am I, is it the same? You know, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. And then there's like, oh, was that a legitimate? Um, you know, 205 or whatever elite guy who has, you know, the crazy uh, carbon shoe. Uh, it's a mechanical advantage, but um, but so is so is a lot of things. So I don't know. Is it though? I mean, I don't know how much of an advantage you would get. I think most of your speed will come from your training, and it really it's like doesn't one percent. Yeah, it's very yeah. small. Or they probably even less. I mean, if you look at not not just like pro runners, but like pro triathletes, like everybody's riding a different bike, but they're all fast. And so they're trying to like sell the bike to be like, oh, this was the fastest bike at Kona or whatever, because so and so rode it. But in the end, like they're just they just happen to be sponsored by these companies to try to tout them as being fast, but everyone's riding a different bike. And basically, it all comes down to the engine that's on the bike. And this is kind of goes for the same for shoes. So, like, Elliot Kipchoge, if his contract go, goes out the window with Nike, like, he could just go with Adidas or something, and he would still be super fast. So, I yeah. don't... I think it's kind of overblown in a way. Like, it's a, it's a really good marketing ploy to try to sell expensive shoes. But... <laughs> I'm personally not a fan of it. It's just way out of my price range. And what I've heard from other people, it's like those vapor flies don't last for more than a hundred miles. I'm like for a $300 shoe, I would have expected more since my shoes usually tend to last at least five to 600 miles, sometimes I, seven. Yeah. I think it was the last time we talked, Max, uh, you track your mileage really accurately with your shoes. Yeah, it's that's really that's smart. I mean, because I just look at the tread, I'm like, ah, they look about right. I don't know. So, hey, Tim, Tim Crone has uh, just joined us. Uh, Tim did the uh, 2021 Hello. CIM. Distinguished guest. Hey, Tim. How, how's how's Annie? Okay. So, Tim, Tim is a uh, dad of two daughters. Uh, he's a two-year-old, and uh, how old's Annie? like two months okay two months yeah i thought she was a little older so was that yeah. bedtime you were doing yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah the, the cool conversation you guys are having about the shoe thing um yeah i feel like it's definitely one of those things that uh you know it's that premium shoe for the best athlete that might get them a little bit over the you know push get them a little faster or like it's um it's like a golfer right you can have the best golf clubs and you're probably gonna be pretty terrible 
most people are probably going to be pretty terrible with the best golf clubs. So, and that's pretty much for any piece of any sport in tech. Um, I, I think the shoes are the same way. And then I think more importantly is, at least for me, is the, the, the cost, right? I want to get my value out of my shoes. So I want to buy shoes on sale that'll last me <laughs> a while, that are comfortable and won't hurt me. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go to Big Five to buy my shoes, but I still spend like, I won't spend too much on it either because I don't know which shoes will last. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. I and that's kind of what I do as well. I I very rarely, if ever, I can't remember the last time I actually paid full price for a pair of running shoes. I always look for the previous version when it's like half off. And like, well, at one point it was the latest and greatest, and that's just like a year and a half ago. So I can grab this for sixty or seventy dollars uh versus like 160 or 150 when it went you know first msrp'd and um you know that's you get more value and if you if you track like i've actually thought about because i track all my i track all my shoes on strava i just like make sure on my run that i choose which shoe it was so i know how much mileage is on them and if you track like how many like how much how much does a shoe cost per mile you know, and at three hundred, at three hundred dollars, if you're only getting a hundred dollars out or a hundred miles, three dollars a mile. Oh my is it, god! Is it is it three dollars a mile? That's that's I'm going so out much. For, I'm going yeah. out for a three mile run. Nine nine bucks later. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I, I never even thought of that. Yeah, so I bought some new speed goats. I think those are they were one hundred and fifty one dollars. At our tribal, you get 10% off with Tamalpa. And, uh, yeah, I might get 250 miles on them. So that's, uh, I don't know the math, but, yeah, that's uh, that's steep. I never thought of that. On the other hand, though, if you buy shoes that are too old, like the model is too old and you find them on sale, you might end up with a degraded shoe because it's probably been sitting in the warehouse for yeah. who knows how long. Yeah, so, so- you of that too well shout out to brad o'brien who buys used hokas i think he gets them like on ebay and they're like re- they're not refurbished but he gets them for like 25 dollars yeah. so <laughs> i i i i mentioned like like the id zero line like i love the adios is one of my favorite and they changed it recently and i hated their most updated the, the latest version i had but um I also have had the Boston nines, which have been one of my favorite shoes. It's just a workhorse and it's very versatile. I feel like I can do a workout. I can do a long run in it. I can do my daily mileage. Um, they, when they updated it and I think now they're like 12, they're on like 12 or 13, they put the super high stack height in it. And I just don't feel good about that. And I loved the nine. So I found a pair on eBay for like $35 and I, and they were used. But they looked like pretty good. So I just was like, well, I love that shoe. 35 bucks. I'm just going to go for it. And they showed up and they were pretty much new. But I do wonder about that, though. Do do they degrade? Like, it just sitting there. Um, it, I guess it depends on the shoe, too. Sometimes you'll get lucky and the shoe will last. I bought a couple of um, Zoot Solanas because they, they were trying to push them out the door. It was like, yeah, 30 bucks each. And I've gotten like... 600 miles out of them out of each pair and they they were my previous 
uh, marathon shoe, um, previous go-to marathon shoe. On the other hand, I bought a pair of Ultra Olympus, I think it was like the 3.0s that, uh, that was like discounted and those didn't even last me like 200 miles. Hmm. So I've had, I've had good and bad experiences with that, with trying to buy like previous model shoes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so what's the next on our, uh, on our calendars? I know it's like the year end and I already, I already have a couple that I'm, I'm registered for Chicago. I'm registered for Boston. Um, I'm crossing my fingers that there's some way I can get into Berlin. Um, but I don't know. And then I'm in way too cool. All in 2023. Yeah. So Boston would be in April. Mm -hmm. Berlin would be in September. Yep. And Chicago would be in October. Yeah. I don't think I'll do Berlin, but there's a chance. There's a chance. It's not, it's, it's like maybe a 10% chance or something. So yeah, I'm shooting for all the majors. If you can't tell. (laughs) Um, Yes. But uh, Tokyo, Berlin, London, Chicago are left. Um, so yeah, I've, I've way too cool would be my next one in March. Uh, bro, what do you got planned? Going to put your kitchen together? <laughs> yeah, I got. I go back to work on oh tomorrow. So. Oh I yeah, you've no been off for a bit. Anything. Huh? You've been off for a little bit, huh? I've been off for two months and I've had no time for anything. So I don't know what I'm <laughs> gonna do. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta want it enough, and maybe you need a break because it's exhausting. I've been squeezing some runs in. It's it's tough, but uh, yeah. It, Actually, any sh- races? No races. Actually, I'm gonna do a Spartan race with uh, some of my in-laws. Uh, next year we're gonna do the um, they call it the beast it's like a half marathon with like two dozen obstacles or something like that we got to climb it's like a tough motor where is that that one's in um san luis Obispo. that's gonna be late next year but that's pretty much it (laughs) no road races planned i'd like to do one but I don't know. There's Napa. Napa's a good one. Um, yeah. If you're looking to come up here, that'll be. I'll do it with you. Yeah. But uh, I heard the phrase. There's like your A race and maybe a B race, and then there's like all the others, right? So like my A would probably be Chicago. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing things out there. So, but I, I don't consider all of them like I'm going to do the best I can possibly do. Max, what what do you got? Um, Boston, Miwok, and I guess states. Miwok. So you're in Miwok 100. Yeah. And that's oh well, states is that's your A race, right? I I guess it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, all my races have kind of been like. Um, eh, I I don't really try to like grade or tier them in any way so they're either all kind of like my a races or they're all kind of like my c races it's like i just go out there and like let's do do what i because i mean that's what i end up doing anyway but i 
I guess for like races that I can actually prepare for, like that kind of turns into the A race. So yeah, that's all I got so far. Might do some tries after states, uh, see what happens. Maybe go for the uh, double bastard again. What what is the double bastard? Um, quad Dipsy and CIM. Oh, I I did that, and actually I had my first sub three, uh, in 2019, um, which is pretty cool. So I didn't realize it was called the double bastard. Well, it's I guess <laughs> uh, I forget who either. I guess uh, Chris Jones and Jesse Goldstein have kind of coined that term. I'm not sure when they did that, but probably like recently. Cool. Yeah, How about uh, uh, kind of oh. make it? A <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no Jocelyn, you're uh, gonna do another marathon? Oh. Maybe a little too early. <laughs> I I definitely would like to do another one, but I I think a big thing for us is just the logistics with the kids. Like um, that was kind of, I feel like the miracle of us both doing it with two young kids. So we'll, we'll kind of maybe work together, figure out, get something on the calendar. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's a challenge with really young kids. That's uh that is hard. So, all right, this is a, uh, anybody want to add anything? It's getting late. <laughs> Thanks for having thanks for having us on on here. It's uh, been nice to to chat and just meet other runners and be here and um, kind of still bummed about my day today. So it's just nice to you know be you know be able to talk about it and and uh, but thank you. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really good race. I really like it and I like to nerd out on like running and training and everything about running. Yeah. Do, a, yeah. do a shoe episode, bro. I have a lot to share about that. Too. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll do a shoe episode. I know there's there's a lot of gear out there to talk about. We just we just should just we should just do a, a carbon episode. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna turn off the recorder. All right. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks, Andy. Yes. Good night. Congrats, Matt.